Good morning, a Boker Tov, a Guten Erev Shabbos, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Kisisa, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Para, and <coughs> as we're in the midst of the Kodesh of other Kodesh of Simcha, we hope and we pray that Mr. Hashem should be zayichet to a lot of Simchas together with God's Klal Yisrael. So Parshas Para, we know, is one of the four Parshias. Uh, that we read in the month of other, it relates to the parsha of the Parah Aduma, which was a chayk. We know the chayk. Part of the chayk is that the element of the tahara allows the person that's being purified to become cleansed, or the person that uh, is metire him, he himself becomes tameh which is something which is difficult to understand. Lachar, the one that's able to purify another, he himself should become Tameh. And this is one of the chukim. This is one of the chukim, one of the things which goes against logic. But it's one of the inyanim that we understand is a great mitzvah in the Torah. And uh, even Moshe Rabbeinu was niskasha in the parish of Paraduma. I did hear a vart. Again, everyone says that whenever you say over, a time of a mitzvah doesn't necessarily mean this is the real time of the mitzvah. And if you hear for sure, since we know that it's a chayk, so really there is no time to the mitzvah, but there's still a time to the mitzvah. We should get some sort of time out of the parasha of Para. And I heard over that Rav Moshe Feinstein's itself said over, we see from over here a tremendous yesaid, that sometimes a person can use a midah, a certain midah, for instance, the midah of kas which a person should stay away from. But there are times when a person is allowed to be bekas. You're allowed to be a kas against people that are sin, sinning against the Torah. You're allowed to show them kas. It depends on what the situation is. Every situation has its determination of when you use the midah, an inyan of atzlis, of laziness. Again, a person should not be lazy, but a person should be lazy when it comes to doing averis. You, you fight against the Yitzhahar and you say, you know, I don't feel like doing it right now. I feel like I don't feel like going out and doing things which, should, which I shouldn't be doing. And this is really a lesson of the Parah Aduma, that sometimes you can have the same Midah, the same Midah could, could use for Tahara, and the same Midah could also cause Tumah. And that's why the Torah tells us that you are Metaira the person, but the person himself becomes Tumah. It's teaching us this lesson that each Midah should be used in the situation that's warranted, in the proper prescription, based upon what the Torah tells us to do at that moment. The parashas part is one of the four parashas, as we said. The first one, we said the parish was the parish of Shkallim. And we always have to say over something that we heard, just to to put into perspective what the four parashas are. The first thing is the mitzvah of Shkallim. And Shkallim, as we know, it's also in this week's parasha, the parasha of Machzis HaShekel. But the concept of Shkalim is to make a mishkal, to weigh things, to have the proper balance. And this is what a, it's a lesson that a person should learn to 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 be shaykel, kol dava v'dava, where and what I have to fix up, as we said a little bit before from Rav Moshe Feinstein, when to use a meter, when not to use a meter. But in another sense, we're going to see the mishkal is the weights, and a person uses to weigh things. And we should recognize that we ourselves have to weigh our actions, our mitzvahs, our averas, whatever needs a tikkun, 
Like the Rambam says, every person should look at himself as if he's half zakai and half chayiv. And if he'll do one mitzvah, he'll be mezakeh, the whole tzibur, lechayim. And a person does chas the opposite, then it's bringing down the world. So the first lesson of the Dalit Parshish is that a person has to weigh things, weigh what his actions are and what he can what he can rectify and what he can improve upon. Then we had the parish of Zohar, which we know is the Kant of the Zechiris HaMolek. But in the Kant of the Zechiris HaMolek, it's also teaching us a lesson of Zohar. Zohar means to remember the concept of that a person to remember every single one of our actions has a effect. And we know that is every single act that we do is really written in the Sefer. And this is the greatest when we recognize that not everything is just that haphapsentent, just happened to come along. But no, we recognize that everything has a purpose and everything is going to be written. And when a person has that understanding of Zechira, that in itself brings a person up in his levels of Kedusha and his levels of Avoda. Now we have this week's parish, which is the parish of Para. After a person went through the first two aspects, which is making an assessment of where he's holding in life. Number two is remembering that every action that he does has purpose. Now he's ready to remove himself from the Tumah, from the impurities that are there, and that's the concept of Tahara. And a person has an ability to be Matar. No matter where a person is holding in life, we all have an ability for ourselves to make a Tahara. The simple understanding is people who go to the mikvah, they have that element of coming cleansed when they come out of the mikvah. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for the concept of of, of really being Matar. So I remember many years ago when we used to take the boys from the yeshiva to Tzvas, and everyone knows that there's a um, mikveh, the Arizal's mikveh, and there are those that say that there's a there's a, a skula, that a person that goes into that mikveh will for sure do tshuva before he passes away. And it's a very cold mikveh, and some people are afraid to go into that mikveh. It's a small little place. But what happens when a person comes out from that mikveh? Ah, he feels such a tahiris hanefesh. This is what a person should feel in this week's parsha. I'm able to retire myself with the with the afer of the parah aduma. And the following, the last parsha is the parsha of parsha chodesh. Parsha chodesh was which is a newness when we are able to somehow reflect upon these items which we did, which is to make a mishkol to remember that everything that we have and that we do has an effect, and everything is remembered. And we therefore are matire ourselves. We cleanse ourselves. And we have the ability to matire ourselves. Then we're able to look. And to go into a new year, because we know the month of Nisan is the month of his of his chachus. And this is what we hope and pray that this year it should be Taka de Menisan Asidin Ligoyal. We wanted to speak a little bit about the Parsha, Parsha's Kisisa, which we mentioned is the mitzvah machtasa shekel, which teaches us the simple thing that every single person is only considered like a machtis. One should not think that he's better than the other. We all need each other. Each person has what to uh, add on to the tzibur. And uh, to, 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 to contribute to being part of Klal Yisrael. And each one, and that's why the Pasuk says, The rich, the wealthy shouldn't give more than a half of a shekel, and the poor person shouldn't give less than a half of a shekel. This is teaching us that there are certain talents that people have, 
So an usher shouldn't think, oh, I have so much talents, therefore I should give more. No, you should also recognize, I need the other. Even when I'm giving tzedakah, that in itself is enhancing my life. I myself am gaining from that. And the Tao, the person that feels that, no, he's not really worthwhile, that he doesn't have anything to give, no, every single member of Klai Yisrael has a talent, has what to give. We should always look to see what's called the Mailas Chaverecha. Therefore, Adal lo yamit. Adal also should recognize that his part that he has what to give is also considered important, and it's considered the same level as the usher. It's considered a machzis. There's a kasha that they ask, how is it shaykh that, in the, that when the tzivoy of machzis shaka was given, that there were people that were poor? Well, we know they just left Mitzrayim, and at the Kriyas Yamsuf, it says that they were zochet to the Bizas Yamsuf. Each person had like 40 uh, donkeys filled with all kinds of gold and silver, everything else that was that was left over from the Bizas Mitzrayim. So there were no poor people. So what does it mean that Tadal Yamit? So I saw Teretz that there were a few people that weren't, uh, that did not participate in the Bizas Mitzrayim. Who were they? Those were the people that carried the Atze Arozim that were used for the for the Mishkan. We know that Yaakov Avino already had sent down cedar trees to be used in the building of the Mishkan. Hundreds of years before Klai Yisrael went out, they took these trees with them and they planted them in Mitzrayim and then they grew and then they carried it with them as they left Mitzrayim. There were groups of people that carried them. Those groups of people they weren't able to put them down. They were very heavy. They had to take care of them. And that was a great mitzvah. And they gave up on the Bezos Mitzrayim. Those were the poor people. Someone said over this vart, and there were a group of accountants from accountants. They started making a cheshman for those CPAs out there. Started making a cheshman. How much was needed in order to be able to build the, the walls of the Mishkan? And they came out with a substantial amount. They said it came out that there must have been a few thousand people. That's according to the accounting firms that made this cheshman. So there were a few thousand people that were not considered, they were not considered wealthy. That's the Gavaldik Pshat. I saw another Pshat is, that Hanami, people were zoichet to Bizas Mitzrayim, but as as we know, that some people, HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes away their wealth from them. And there were people that lost their wealth. And therefore could be at this moment, maybe that's not necessarily that they had, where there were poor people, but the war poor people, there were poor people, poor people, during the 40 years in the desert, that they themselves had lost their wealth for whatever reason. And that's why the Torah also tells us that As the parsha goes on, there's so much in the parsha we can only touch upon certain points. So I just want to speak out that the Pasuk says before Shani, We should make sure to keep the Shabbos it's a sign between myself and yourselves. And Rashi says that why is the Torah pointing out over here the union of Shabbos? In order to teach us that if a person would say that we are involved with the mitzvah of building the, 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 the Mishkan, we should know Shabbos al But Shabbos, we are not, we're not allowed to, to, to desecrate the Shabbos even for the building of the Mishkan. Shabbos is something special. And the Pusik says, why? 
כי אייסי ביני וביניכם לדרסיכם, לדעס כי אני השם מקדישכם. You should know that the Shabbos is a sign between ourselves and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us this day as a day of Menucha, and the nations of the world, they will know כי אני השם מקדישכם. I saw that Havaisat Rav Shach, when he was being Marvah Sedra in his elder years, Rav Shach always was Marvah Sedra. He was weak. He, someone came in to him and he said, and Rav Shach exclaimed from, in this week's parasha, he said, ah, for here we see that every single Yid is a different Yid on Shabbos. So the, the Bacher that was there and he heard Rav Shach saying this, he said, Rav Shach, but every single Yid becomes different on Shabbos? So Rav Shach said, yes, Every Yudhi, even what's called a Pashti Yud, not only a Gadol and a Tzaddik is he different on Shabbos. We've heard stories about great Tzaddikim that they literally, they look differently on Shabbos. They had an account, accountant, which was tremendous. Every single person becomes big on Shabbos. How do we know that? Because the Pashtik says, Ki ani Hashem If a person keeps Shabbos, then HaKadosh Baruch will be Mekadosh. We should appreciate the Shabbos, Rabbi Yisrael. When we keep the Shabbos, HaKadosh Baruch is giving us Kedusha, He's in, it's infusing us in Kedusha, which HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us. The Chafetz Chaim used to say over it that Shabbos is the greatest Matana that HaKadosh Baruch Hu could have given to Klai Yisrael. And it's similar to the Matana between a Chassan and a Kala. What does a Chassan give a Kala when they go to the Cheder Yichud, give special bracelets, special rings, and by the Chuppah, we know what the Chassan gives the Kala, the ring, now, sometimes what happens, the Chafetz, the Chafetz Chaim is over it, is that there are people after the Chasna, women, and sometimes other people who are tail bearers, they say Lashon Har, and they see that the, it looks like the Kal is not spending a lot of time with her husband, so they start saying all kinds of renunim. They start creating all kinds of accusations against the, against the Kal, that they're now they're having that Shalom bias. But as long as the Kal is wearing her wedding ring, her engagement ring, that shows that she still is wearing the ice that the chassan gave to the kala. And therefore, we don't trust the Lashon Hara. It's only if she takes it off, she's not wearing it, then it could be that the rinun, that the the tales that they're saying over could be true, because she's showing that she doesn't have that same relationship with the chassan. So over here, the Torah tells an unbelievable thing. The marriage between Kla Yisrael and the Rabbanu Shalom is for all the mitzvahs, but there's one mitzvah, which is literally the ring, which the Chassan HaKadosh Baruch Hu put on the Kala, which is Kla Yisrael. And that is the ice of Shabbos. And every single person, when you keep Shabbos, then you're keeping the pact between ourselves and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It could be we're not keeping all the mitzvahs properly, but if we're keeping Shabbos, that shows that we're keeping the ice. The Chavetz Chaim used to say, Gavaldik, that's what we say, in the Zmira of Kol Mekadesh, Kol Mekadesh Shvi Koroila, anyone that's Mekadesh Shvi properly, Kol Shomer Shabbos Michalala, a person that's Shomer Shabbos from being Michalala to Shabbos, Schara Harbe Ma'od, you'll get a lot of reward, Al Pipolo, according to your actions. And he explains that there's some people that they're Mekadesh to Shvi properly. They keep all the Inyonim of Shabbos 100%. Ah, with such a Gevaldik, Gevaldik, Cheshik. There's not one aspect of Shabbos. They, they prepare themselves before Shabbos. They do Tamer Chaim Zohar before Shabbos. They, they, they sing and they dance and they learn Torah. And then there are certain people that they don't necessarily have that complete, complete transfusion of Shabbos, but at least they're showing me Shabbos Mechalalim. 
They keep the Shabbos from Chilul. They're not Mechal the Shabbos. And they keep the, 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 the spirit of the Shabbos. Spirit of the Shabbos. Like I said, we learned, I learned together with a young man. We learned with Pincus and Sefer on Shabbos, the Indian of wearing big day Shabbos. A lot of times people, they go to shul, they wear nice clothes, and when they get home, all of a sudden they decide to take off their clothes and they put on weekday clothes. The concept is really not a Shabbos concept because Shabbos is a day where we're, the whole day is a day with, that we're together with the king. So really a person should wear Shabbos clothes the entire Shabbos. So there's some people that they were Makadah and they keep it properly 100%. Other people that at least they're not Mechal Shabbos. And that's also a Gavalikam. Madrega. And that and that we say This is something which you'll get tremendous reward, each person according to his level of what he keep, what he keeps. I have to tell you there's a mice I saw just today a a, a, a a younger man that learned in the mirror before he went to back to America and he learned for three years in Lubakhavrusa with the great Rashir of Nasansvi Finkel, Zaikatik Lavrocha. And he said he used to have a Seder with Reb Nassim Tzvi on Shabbos to learn after the Suda Shabbos. Reb Nassim Tzvi would learn with him for three hours until Mincha on the short, on the short Shabbases. Reb Nassim Tzvi would go into the base medicine and learn with him. And Reb Nassim Tzvi, we know, was not a well person. And this was a, a, a bacher or a younger man. And it was, I think it was a bacher at the time. He said it was difficult, you know, your Shabbos after the chant and everything else. You know, you want to sleep, you want to get a Shabbos luf. But Rashiv was learning with him. But he, the Bacher used to say that when, when it came out to Shabbos, sometimes he was so tired from the the um, uh, engagement and learning, the Amelus and learning, that he needed to rest after Shabbos. At one time he asked with Nassim Zvi, I don't understand, you know, I'm a young Bacher, and I find it difficult to learn the, the t- entire time. And I see, Rashiv, you're not well, and you learn with Kalechus the whole time, with tremendous Amelus. So Nassim Svi said, we know that one of the questions they're going to ask us, is, is, is and every single person is going to be asked that question. And we know Shabbos is, a, is the day that's Masugal for the Torah to be learned. So the, when I'm going to go up to the Bezim Shabbat, I used to say, they're going to ask me, Finkel, Finkel, will you kavat to itim Torah? That's what he said, Finkel, will you kavat to itim Torah on Shabbos as well? And therefore I want to be able to answer them, that I was, and that's what keeps me going. That's a tremendous lesson, Rabbi said. Whatever we can do to enhance the Shabbos as best as we can. The Shabbos itself is icy And this is what the Torah is telling us. It's such an ice that even if a person would think that he should uh, do the, the building of the Mishkan, no, the building of the Mishkan is not as great as the ring which HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us, the Chassan gave to the Kala, that's Kala Yisrael. The last vart we want to say is a vart that I heard over many, many years ago from Rev. Mordechai Gift to Zechatzadik Levracha. I happened to be, I saw in a, in, a, in a alone that they put out this week, they put out from Dirshu, and they mentioned a story that I wrote about Rev. Gifter in, the, um, in my Sefer, in my book. Now, this is not the story that I wrote, but the fact that it mentioned Rev. Gifter in this Shabbos, I want to say over this vart from the Shabbos, that by the Chet of Diego, it says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Moshe Rabbeinu was up on the mountain and HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells him to go down from the mountain because of the fact that Klai Yisrael was sitting with the eagle. He said, you should go down 
Rashi says Lech Raiders that uh, you should go down from your level because only you're only created, you only put into this level for Klai Yisrael. And then later on, the Pasuk says, Vayifen, Vayered, Moshe, Menahar, Shneluchas, Eidus, Biyadai. And we know what he did with them. And he saw what was going on. And when he got closer, Vayashlech, Miyadav, Vesaluchas, Vayishabra, Oysam, Tachas, Sohar. Tremendous, tremendous effect. Moshe Rabbeinu took the Luchas and he broke the Luchas. Shviras Aluchas. And the question everyone asks is, why did Moshe Rabbeinu wait until he got into the bottom in order to in order to break the Luchas? There are many, many answers. One answer is that he wanted to show Klai Yisrael what they were losing. But I remember hearing from Rav Gifta Zetzal. The simple pshat is that it's Eina Daimashmiya that Einachanami he heard from Akadosh Baruch Hu, but until he actually saw it, it's not necessarily the same effect. And that I know people ask questions: How could it be when you hear from Akadosh Baruch Hu, That's the greatest edus. How could it, how could Moshe Rabbeinu have had, had any doubts about himself, and understanding that the Klai Yisrael was sinning? But I remember if Gifta said these words. He said that Moshe Rabbeinu was a dying, and he felt that when he was on the mountain with Akadosh Baruch Hu, as Gavena Himmel he was a, a, a year that was on such a madrega. He was together with the Rabbeinu Shalom. He was completely, completely separated from the taivas of Olam Hazet. And therefore, he had to go down from the mountain and to be together with the people to see where Klai Yisrael is. Because a Dayan cannot paskin until he sees exactly what the situation is, where Klai Yisrael is holding. He had to be able to feel clearly what Klai Yisrael was going through. And therefore, he didn't want to paskin on his madrega when he was on the mountain. He wanted to be together with Klal Yisrael. And this is a tremendous lesson. The lesson is that we, on one hand, we have to live a Himmeldika life. On the other hand, we have to be part of the nation. We have to see what Klal Yisrael is holding. Rabbi Sai, the Shviras Haluchas, we know, are Menachas Ba'aren, the Shivrei Luchas Menachas Ba'aren. And we should realize that we're living in a world that we are after the Shviras Haluchas. There were Haluchas Rishainas, which was Kaidim the Chet. There's Luchas Acherainas, which is Acher the Chet. Even Acher the Chet, we all have the ability to learn the Torah, as we said before, Parshas Para, to be Metair ourselves. We should be Zoycham Yitz Hashem. Through all the Inyanim that we spoke about, and through Aravaida, as we're getting closer to the month of Nisan, hopefully we'll be Zoycham Yitz Hashem to the Gula Shlema. Wishing everyone a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos. Thank you for listening to this Foundation's podcast production. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. Thank you and have a wonderful day.